0: back to the mom mentality show my name is austin chadwick and co-host is chris lucian and today uh we got a fun topic lined up uh that's rich on the technical and uh kind of social and organizational level and has been relevant for chris and i lately uh so uh without further ado do you mind kicking off uh conway's law chris
1: yeah uh well so so i think there's two things i really want to talk about is conway's law and the um the inverse conway maneuver and we're kind of at a weird spot right now um, where our, our, our teams are doing some something interesting. So I kind of want to just like peel back the curtain a little bit and, and talk about, um, you know, uh, I think it's stemmed off of a lightning talk I recently gave about Conway's Law and inverse Conway maneuver and uh, suggestions that I made uh, with our teams. Um, and so, you know, maybe I'll, I'll start with Conway's Law. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it state, you know, off of Wikipedia, it states any organization that designs a system uh, will produce a, a de- design whose structure is a copy of the organization's communication structure. So, um, and then there's uh, a great little comic, if anybody's seen it, um, it's from uh, Bonkers World and it's the org charts of like different organizations. And the funniest, I think the funniest ones are, uh, Oracle, Apple and Microsoft where, um, Apple is just like one dot in the center. And this was of course, uh, around from Steve jobs. And so, and that dot in the center, the org chart was just pointing out to everyone. The dot in the center was pointing out to just every single other person, um, where Microsoft had, you know, traditional, uh, org charts, but then they were all in big circles with guns pointed at each other for like all the different product teams, like competing. And then Oracle had, uh, you know their whole legal team was enormous and their engineering team was tiny and uh, you know kind of indicating that they might be suing everybody um and so uh, I I just uh, you know and then they, they had like Facebook and Amazon in there and things um Google uh so it it was a really funny comic but um you know you can kind of see uh, it's funny because you know people can extract some truth out of out of that um so you know this idea that you know if you have like this you know, one big co-located team that does everything together and meets on everything, uh, you're probably gonna make, you're, you're probably gonna create a, a large monolithic project. Um, and, you know, but if you have like a decentralized decoupled team uh, that ra- rarely, you know, even that operates in different time zones, then you might have a lot of microservices that that talk to each other over APIs and things like that. So, um, you know, that kind of, uh, you know became evident and i guess there's another piece of it that i talk about which is um the cost of communication between groups of people so um if you if you have one person talk to another then there's just one edge between them um if you have four people talking to each other then uh there's six edges because everybody has to understand everybody else's you know situation um, and then as you grow it grows I guess geometrically right um or oh, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Uh, and the uh, um, that that growth of communication cost, uh, I, I think leads to like long standups for example and so um you know a mob typically won't really have stand-ups and they'll produce software at a good clip. Um, and if you if you start creating a monolith then you might have, multiple mobs start doing standups together to kind of synchronize. Um, and I've, I've seen it go off and on uh, over and over again in the past where we're like, oh, yeah, these stand-ups are extremely expensive. And then like there's a lack of communication or something that happens and, and causes problems. And so so then uh, if you add a third mob or a fourth mob, then all of a sudden you're trying to get like 64 communication edges. You're, you're trying to have everybody understand everything and uh, to maintain a monolith. And so Uh, That kind of led me to, well, you know, there's probably a situation where we need to do an inverse Conway maneuver. And um, the inverse Conway maneuver is this idea that you reorganize the team, uh, the communication patterns of the team to mimic the architecture you'd like to see. Um, And so if we value small teams, then organizing in such a way where certain groups of people don't talk to each other except for you know uh, defining apis then you will uh, you will then largely affect and impact the architecture of the system um with the yeah, you know and, and in an inverse Conway maneuver you might imply that um, you also want the coupling to be very strictly decoupled so that a, a new separate unit, Can deploy on their own. So they have their own pipelines and things like that. So um, that's kind of the lead up. And so I don't know, Austin, if you wanted to chime in at all on, on any of that, or maybe uh, if you have any uh, comments on the lightning talk. (laughs) I've given.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. um, And that is one, uh, one clarification question uh, before I share the other thing, which was, so the, the joke, what, what was it? The, bonkers world yeah. uh, diagram so yeah we'll, we'll put that in the show notes but the different diagrams i think the idea was that the stereotypical understanding of the organization if you looked at their code that's how their code would be structured right like yes yeah so like the apple example one thing controlling everything you know what I yep. mean? Uh, or oracle it was uh there'd be a huge amount of legal code <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh ensuring their licenses weren't violated or something okay yeah Gotcha. Gotcha. In, okay. And
1: the Microsoft example, I think, um, you know, back in the nineties and previous, there was kind of an understanding that, you know, Microsoft word had a, 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 gun, uh, pointed at Excel and Excel had a gun pointed at Microsoft and, or uh, word and, and like everything, there was like little harmony. Everybody was competing with each other financially and stuff. Um, I, I'm sure that things have gotten better at Microsoft since then, but
0: uh-huh. uh, it was,
1: it was a joke about the like historic organization, but Right, uh,
0: I, I see that comic linked often in, in in relation to Conway's law. Nice, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, another tie-in I had was uh, serendipitously I had been uh, <clears throat> uh, reading Fowler's article, which we'll post in the sh- uh, show notes about Conway's law and the inverse Conway law maneuver. And I've been posting on it uh, for under mom mentality and on LinkedIn for a while, and it's been interesting getting uh, comments back. And um I one one person uh, responded back saying that uh, they thought the key the key thing there there's there's often misunderstandings with Conway's law, and that all you need to do is just like manipulate the org chart or something like that. and then magically, the design will pop out that way or something. Uh, but someone pointed out a key thing that is communication actually has to change, right? Yes. You can't just you know magically make location or org chart stuff change. it's it's a uh, kind of referencing back to the original quote quote from Melvin Conway. Uh, it will design a structure is a copy of the organization's communication structure, not yep. just structure, right. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, anything jumps out to you from that? Oh, uh, no, so-
1: yeah, absolutely. So so this is, we're leaning in heavily into that. So um, yeah. I think that stand-up meetings between mobs, I think is, is in my mind, has become kind of a, a big anti-pattern. Um, and that's because a, a mob uh, should kind of be an independent unit that can iterate as fast as they want. And I think what I noticed is that <clears throat> mobs with stand-ups generally need stand-ups because their pipelines can block each other. And so sharing about where they are and and what they're doing, um, I, I think, uh, is, is kind of a side effect of that, right? And so the inverse Conway maneuver in that scenario is to say, we will no longer have these people in this stand-up. And... And by extension, they must be able to deploy independently of the group that's still having the standup. If you're just trying to like carve out a smaller piece, right? So, um, say that you have 12 to 16 people on, on, on a single product and they're working together and that product is getting, you know, big and, and the pipelines are blocking each other. And there's systematic problems because communication cost is high, um, what I see one is that the standup length is the fun uh, the, is the function of the number of people there, uh, so you get these really long stand-ups. and um, and also that you, you generally can separate out applications in in, in such a way that um, you know combinations of libraries or deployment patterns uh, can can basically not block each other. And so, so to take a team of uh, of sixteen and say we're going to just take four people out make a mob and that team is going to communicate with the other team only in the need for, uh, of APIs. And so there'll be a a communication just on the API level. Then those teams will talk to each other when needed and the team doing the standups might report in their standup that they've made an API so that this other team can communicate with it. But now you've said we are no longer having these four people try to understand what these 12 people are doing and. Um, that has a massive payoff uh, because there's there's fewer misunderstandings, there's uh, you f- fewer bugs, fewer blocks in the pipeline, fewer um, just issues in general. And so our inverse Conway maneuver um, uh, has the intention of breaking the communication pattern because I think it was originally stated, um, and then maybe the, di- the the diagram on Atlassian's site. If you search for all this stuff, you know they're among the top search results. Um, you know, it talks about co-located teams versus remote teams I don't think that has anything to do with it because remote teams have large standups too. Um, it's exactly what you said just now. It's, uh, you are, you're intentionally stopping people from communicating with each other in order to define the boundaries of the system they're responsible for. Um, and, and so, uh, in that, I think, um, I'm a big believer in, in the whole Conway's law thing, because I, I think, um, what, what I've seen uh, is that um, mobs that have the tendency to feel like they need to talk together a lot are bound by a pipeline. And that pipeline going to production, uh, getting blocked means that everybody has to rally around that block and especially if multiple mobs are blocked. And so so I think Conway's law, I would go further. I would say Conway's law requires you know if your org structure is fluid, like you know, I, I, we have a lot of self-organizing, so I don't think the org structure part is a problem. But if your org structure is not fluid, reorging, right and then and then the next part is uh, defining boundaries within the communication structure. And then finally, uh, I would say, having separate deployment pipelines, depl- paths to production. your your production cannot get blocked by. Otherwise, the team will retrospect, and I think the tendency is, in order to not block the pipeline, they're either going to do the inverse Conway maneuver, or what I've seen more often happen is, they'll say, "We need to start having a standup now because our stand, you know, we're we need to communicate around this so that we don't get in each other's way anymore." Um, so, so I think our tendency is to more tightly couple uh, generally, um, and I, I think that the inverse Conway maneuver is saying, no, we are going to intentionally decouple so that we offer independence and remove, um, you know, remove blocks. Uh, so, you know, cork structure, communication, and uh, coupling of of de- delivery, delivery coupling. Is that, that, that would be, yeah, the the three, the key three
0: to the inverse Conway
1: maneuver in my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, and it kind of brings to mind, yeah. Uh, um kind of the network graph of the 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 facet of it that you're talking about, right? Yeah. So if 12 people need to keep in sync, right? That means I'm keeping in sync with you and I'm keeping in sync with this person, this person keeping in sync with this one. And it, and it reminds me of like, yeah, if you have a stand-up where you have that many people, uh, the chances of everyone understanding each other is pretty low. Yeah, because, it's almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, because either you stay quiet because you don't understand and you don't want to interrupt the flow of the meeting to figure out because it's supposed to be a standup or you do understand and you become that guy. (laughs) It's easy for me to become who starts dominating the whole meeting, trying to understand what's happening. And then it's, you got a two hour standup, right. Um, Where if it's, you know, three or four people, you know, you can, everyone can voice their concerns and you can get to, you know, understanding pretty quickly. Um, And so Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I think, yeah, it's kind of communication is key there and it can be too big or too small. So uh, I was reading over the comments and I'll post links to the, yeah, thank you all community for responding to these posts. Uh, It gave us rich conversation topics for this episode, but they are also talking about going bad in the wrong way. And I think it all ties back to lean flow. Um, So what you were talking about was decreasing communication because you have too many people or network nodes trying to be in sync, right? And so that introduces a lot of waiting. And I I definitely saw that before I was on a team once where uh, we coupled ourselves to an external team, which basically meant we were always waiting for that external team, no matter what. Actually, a few examples come to mind, (laughs) but uh, doing exactly what you did is where we met once, we met long enough to figure out here's our API, here's, here's, you know, here's where we're going to talk. And then we both deploy independently and then boom, lean flow just like took off, Um, you know, we could deploy at will. Um, and we were no longer waiting. And uh, so that, that that's fantastic. But there's also the inverse side of it. Um, and actually Fowler kind of opened his article talking about it that way, which is where people are too isolated. So yeah. <laughs> if you go back to traditional uh, development where you're in isolation, you're only touching one part of the stack. Um, then you have a, a, a different kind of Conway problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where... Uh, you need help from others, but it's so slow to get help from others, right? And just meeting up to talk about an API is not going to be enough. Let's yeah. make it happen. So the way to increase flow in that case is actually to um, make an autonomous team where everyone who is needed is there, right? Yeah. And then
1: so... That's that's the... Like, so, so yeah, I, I guess I should qualify all of that with... Yeah. That team should be able to deliver the full stack. Yes. And... um you know, so, so again, being independent in terms of pipeline, the type, you know, they can go from code to production, um, you know, ideally with as few humans involved in between as possible. And um, and yeah, and then those production systems can talk to each other over APIs that exist. um, And then I, I think another piece, piece of it is that like, I think it's generally accepted that the two pizza team thing, you know, anywhere from like, uh, you know, Four to nine people is is probably going to be the the like sweet spot for a size uh, of of contributors and um and you know and and like we work in iot and in iot it's, it's pretty interesting because you can even define apis across um uh technology boundaries such as like firmware and hardware versus like cloud computing and so um you know, I think as long as you can define those APIs and then the, the iteration cycles can be independent and, um, and work in conjunction with each other, you can get some really good lean flow going. And um, the, the times of dissonance is when those teams either grow too big, or uh, like you said, the you become dependent on another team for delivery. And, and so, and, and, and in reality, it's just be able to deliver production to production um, while maintaining the communication costs to be low. And so I think a stand-up with eight people in it where they've split up into two mobs, totally acceptable. I think that that that's going to be fine. And I've, I've seen that work well. Um, but when you get like 12 people plus, then, uh, you, you get these really weird pain points. Um, one mob doesn't care what the other two mobs are doing and, and, uh, at the same time everybody trying to synchronize their information around it and they introduce you know um a, a lot of systems and rules to try and keep everything in sync and so uh you know i'm i'm bought into the conway's law i'm bought into the two beats a team i'm bought into the the you know a, a
0: small autonomous teams. so nice nice and uh yeah i think uh influential to both of us because i got the link from you was uh, dave farley's video on uh Autonomous team, so yeah, we'll we'll put that in the show notes as well. And I think uh, I like what Fowler says here in that uh, it's useful tool, the inverse Conway maneuver, but it's not all powerful. It's not going to be instant. Um, There's going to be need to be coaching along the way to show what that looks like. Um, You know, depending if you're increasing or decreasing communication, right? And so, yeah, you can imagine somebody's used to working only in one part of the stack and. You know, complete isolation to hey now you're on an autonomous team you know uh, that won't just work magically without some coaching at the the team level and things like that. Um, yeah. and uh, yeah and another thing too is I really like uh you know the law exists um and so you can seek out justification we didn't really cover for, uh, that here but take on the hypothesis that Conway's law exists so there are three choices you can either ignore it, accept it so you don't you don't really do anything and necessarily a part of it or you can start doing the inverse Conway's maneuver, right? And so um, ignoring it is troublesome if it's true, because um, you'll likely be feeling system effects from it and not knowing why. (laughs) Um, And so to be cognizant it seems good, where you can accept it, and uh, you can at least have it in mind to not intentionally design systems that clash with it. Or you can go on the offensive and do what Chris was saying and start changing the communication patterns or encouraging it, uh, if if you don't want to edict it, so to speak. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Any closing thoughts on this one, Chris?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's it, it's it's been an interesting thing, um, and you know, I think this is. I think we've we've self organized around an inverse Conway maneuver before, but I think um, this might be the first time where we're saying we need an inverse Conway maneuver, and it's going to be a positive impact on our architecture. And so um, I, I, I like talking about it because uh, I, I think it, it's um, created a lot of good change. Uh, and so I, and I assume that we're essentially up on time. So I'll uh, ask all of our uh, um, viewers and listeners, if you know someone who uh, maybe could use an inverse Conway maneuver, or maybe uh, things have, their team has gotten too big, or their team has gotten too small and, and they're dependent, then maybe share this episode with them. Uh, you know, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, and share. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for watching and listening. Bye, see everybody. You everybody.